Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. It's another Q&A edition of Optimal Health Daily, episode 80. Get ready to maximize your potential with Optimal Health Daily, the podcast that brings you the best content in health, fitness, and nutrition five days a week. Your optimal life awaits. Now here's your host, Dr. Neil Malik. Hey there, happy Friday. Welcome back to Optimal Health Daily, where you can hear some popular blogs covering health and fitness. Read to you by me, Dr. Neil. But Fridays are a little different. Every Friday, I take your audio questions from our website, oldpodcast.com, play them right here, and answer them for you. So what makes me qualified to answer your questions? Well, if you're new here, I have my doctorate degree in public health, I'm also a registered dietitian nutritionist, and a certified personal trainer or exercise physiologist, same thing. I'm also an assistant professor and program lead at Bastyr University in San Diego. Now, if you wanna be part of this show and have a great chance to win books from us, ask us a question. I love answering your questions. This is one of my favorite parts of this podcast, and you can call in anytime. The number is 61-I-LOVE-OHD, where OHD stands for Optimal Health Daily. Or you can send a voice message using our website, oldpodcast.com, using your computer's microphone, or even your phone. It's really easy, and you can do as many takes as you like. And again, we're doing special raffles for people that submit a question you'll have a really good chance of winning books and more. So again, just come by oldpodcast.com and send in a question or call 61-I-LOVE-OHD. All right, let's hear today's question as we start optimizing your life. Hey, Dr. Neal, my name is Kathleen Sullivan, and I read a very interesting article in Time Magazine called The New Science of Exercise. And the sort of subtitle is doctors, researchers, scientists, even ancient philosophers have long claimed exercise works like a miracle drug. Now they have proof. The premise is that exercise can actually help the body to recover from illness and disease. And I was interested if you had read this or what your take on it as a public health uh, doctor and someone who works in nutrition and exercise. Thank you. Thank you for your question, Kathleen. I have always said that one of the benefits of exercise is that it affects every cell in your body, in a good way. From head to toe, it seems that being active makes the body happy. Everything from the obvious, like improving our heart health, to changing how our bodies use and store fat, to the less obvious, like helping the neurons in our brain make more connections, 
potentially delaying diseases like Alzheimer's. In fact, when we look at the behaviors that most often lead to premature death in this country, we find that it's pretty consistent. The most common behavior that leads to early death is actually tobacco use. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention estimate that more than 400,000 people die each year from tobacco use. And this is so very preventable. But there are another set of behaviors that will likely outpace tobacco use as the most preventable cause of death in the U.S. Can you guess which behaviors I'm referring to? If you guessed a poor diet and inactivity, you'd be right. So I do believe that exercise plays a very important role when it comes to maintaining and improving health. But whether it's truly a cure-all, that's another story. I did read the Time Magazine article you mentioned in your original question. I think the article's title is slightly misleading. Often when we see the word cure, our brain typically jumps to diseases like cancer, type 2 diabetes, Alzheimer's, even HIV or AIDS. We think that what they're talking about are those conditions for which there is no medical cure. But let me be clear. There are, of course, treatments for these, but there are no cures. Unfortunately, in these cases, exercise is not the magical prescription that will cure us. But when we think about other lifestyle-related issues, like obesity, for example, exercise may be just what the doctor ordered. A number of studies, too many for me to even mention, have found that exercise, when performed consistently for years and years, helps people stay trim. In fact, the Time Magazine article contradicts this a little bit. They say exercise doesn't keep you trim. Well, in fact, for those folks that have lost more than 30 pounds, or around 13 kilos, and kept that weight off for two years or more, regular exercise was determined to be the most important factor for their success. These data are according to the National Weight Control Registry. Same goes for those in the early stages of osteoporosis. For those of you that don't know, osteoporosis is where the person's bones start to become really brittle and fragile, which means they'll break really easily. Now, exercise helps to reverse that process. This is because exercise puts some pressure on the skeleton, which actually makes it stronger. So for certain conditions like these, exercise may seem to be almost like a cure. Now, what about conditions like the flu or the common cold? Some studies have shown that if you start to exercise when you begin to feel better, even though you may still have symptoms, you may recover faster. Now, personally, I've tried this on myself, but I found this doesn't work so well for me. I've tried incorporating some light exercise when recovering from like a cold or the flu, and it's actually made me feel much, much worse. So just be careful about that and listen to your bodies. And now that I'm on the topic of our immune system, I do want to mention how exercise can influence it. Put simply, our immune system is our body's defense against potentially harmful bugs, germs, pathogens, whatever you like to call them. So we want our immune system to stay strong, especially as we get older. Our immune system is also crucial for keeping cancer at bay. Our immune systems can keep cancer cells in check, provided it's early in the process. So we want our immune system to stay strong, especially as we get older. A number of studies have found that exercise helps our immune system stay lean and mean, especially as we age. Now there is a catch to this. The type of exercise seems to matter. For example, overexerting yourself day after day can actually weaken your immune system. This will sound really familiar based on yesterday's podcast. Basically, when you continue to push yourself to the limit day after day, it's like your immune system has to spend all of its time and energy repairing those muscles. 
it doesn't get the opportunity to fight off viruses and bacteria that may make you sick. Now, I'm not saying you should never push yourself when you exercise. What I'm talking about here is day after day, you go all out at the gym and don't allow for any rest days in between. In fact, it's definitely worthwhile to push yourself. Researchers are discovering that high-intensity training can actually make our immune system better at fighting off bacteria and viruses. But if you don't throw in some rest days in between those high-intensity sessions, your immune system may just quit on you. So how much exercise do we really need to be doing? Many U.S. health agencies say the goal should be every week aim for 150 minutes of moderate intensity activity. Basically, this translates to about 30 minutes of walking at least five days a week. But walking isn't the only way to meet this goal. Doing chores around the house, like vacuuming and dusting, for example, count towards your 150 minutes for the week. So just like the article in Time Magazine said, you don't have to be a gym rat to get in your daily exercise. The goal is to just get your heart rate up and then go from there. Now, there seems to be a trend for how much exercise we need to do to potentially ward off cancer. Now, again, this is not a cure, and some of these studies do have some research design flaws, but something to keep in mind, there seems to be a consensus for now on how much exercise we need to be doing in order to potentially reduce our risk for cancer later in life. The trick there is to get 60 minutes of vigorous intensity activity five to seven days a week. Now, that's a lot of activity, and vigorous intensity means running, for example, swimming, things that really get your heart rate up, where you know you're working hard. So if you remember the talk test I talked about many, many podcasts ago, if you have a hard time talking when you're exercising, you're working out pretty hard. That's basically vigorous intensity exercise. So again, what they're finding is 60 minutes of vigorous intensity activity five to seven days a week may help ward off cancer. If I were you, I would probably stick to more like five to six days a week. Keep that seventh day as your rest day so you don't push your immune system to the point where you're more likely to get sick. Thank you again for the question, Kathleen. You're actually gonna be entered into a very small raffle every month to win a book from us. And if you wanna be on this show and have a really good chance to win free books, come by oldpodcast.com to submit your question or call 61 I love OHD. There's a really good chance it'll be played and answered right here on this podcast. Keep sending in those fantastic questions. Again, it's one of my favorite parts of this show. If you can believe it, that wraps up 80 episodes of Optimal Health Daily. Thank you so much for all your support so far. Thank you for sending in your questions. Keep them coming and we'll continue the show on Monday where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this show and Optimal Living Daily, the brother podcast of this one. Literally, I'm Dr. Neil's brother. If you like the format of this show, you'll love Optimal Living Daily too, where I also read to you from blogs, but cover other topics like personal development, finance, and minimalism from bloggers like Derek Sivers, The Minimalists, Zen Habits, and many more. So for more amazing content read to you for free, come subscribe to Optimal Living Daily too. And together, we'll optimize your life. You've been listening to Optimal Health Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift, as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. 
Thanks for joining us, and remember, your optimal life awaits.